0: We're back, baby. The dynamic fantasy hockey duo is whole once again. My boy Steele is here for the Wednesday episode of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Just in time to bid farewell to one of the stand-up acts of the NHL over the past number of years. Patrice Bergeron, what does it mean for the Boston Bruins and other fantasy value? And we're continuing the rewind on the 2022 Fantasy Hockey Draft. Happy hump day. Let's get this paper.
1: Your locked on fantasy hockey. Your daily podcast on fantasy hockey. Part of the locked on podcast network. Your team every day.
0: What is going on, hockey heads, and welcome back inside the lab. That is your source for fantasy hockey takes. The locked on fantasy hockey podcast. Hold once again, my co-host. Mr. Steele Roden, back centered in the home province of Ontario, and your boy Big Flip Livingstone, of course, on this side of the microphone, thank you for making us your first listen every single day, even throughout these dog days of the offseason. Steele, the summit is upon us. I'm already feeling hype for hockey, but we got to maybe take a little reflection moment on today's episode. Patrice Bergeron. Bidding farewell to the NHL after a 19-year, you know me with the numbers, (laughs) 19-year NHL career. My goodness, we'll break that down. We'll talk a little bit more about the Boston Bruins and what it means for their fantasy assets. But more importantly, perhaps, second round in our Listener League Fantasy Draft, Rewind. This is where things already started to get dicey steel, and that's where I think you and I are going to talk about today. The first round, it's set in stone. But what goes on in the second round can make or break you. Kyle Connor, Artemi Panarin, David Pasternak, Victor Hedman, and others. We'll get to it all on today's episode, which is sponsored by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Steele, I've missed you. I've been throwing love your way the past two episodes. What I need to come on here and say is, I can't do this show without you. I know the listeners have been missing you. I'm hyped to have you back in the booth. I'm throwing it right over to you because this is big news, not only for the Boston Bruins, but also for their fantasy pieces. What are you seeing here? What do you think? Because Morgan Geeky and some of these other pieces are going to get a real good look to fill this very, very big
1: hole. Yeah, it does mean a lot for fantasy assets for the Boston Bruins. And it's going to be a different look for the Bruins and their fans next season. Obviously, mm-hmm. with Bergeron now retiring, the question mark remains with David Krejci and a few other players uh, with where their future lies with Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to start with Patrice Bergeron, though, because just an, an incredible career. Like you said, 19 seasons in the league, 1,300 regular season games thousand and forty points. Mm-hmm. I'll let you list off the playoff stats because you've got those Thank in you. front of you. But, oh, I do. You know, as a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, we, Here we go. obviously hate the Boston Bruins, but I have mm-hmm. so much respect for Patrice Bergeron. I have so much respect for what he's been able to accomplish both internationally as well in the National Hockey League. You know, winning mm-hmm. gold uh, Olympic gold medals, winning the Stanley Cup in his career fighting through injuries season after season, playing till he's 38 years old in the league is just an incredible feature and incredible feat to accomplish itself. So Patrice Bergeron is just one of those players that he's such an excellent player, but that's not the thing that comes to mind. It's his character. It's the way that he handles himself on and off the ice amongst his teammates, amongst his Mm -hmm. colleagues and, and amongst his opponents. And, you know, former coaches, current coaches, the way he handles himself as a person is always the first thing that comes to mind. I just saw Sidney Crosby posted a a little tweet, acknowledging the retirement and saying the exact same thing about Patrice Bergeron and the character that he has. So that's the number one thing, just an absolute stellar career for Bergeron, but it does mean some, uh, some fantasy value, some, for some other players, like you just mentioned Morgan Geeky who just signed with them, Um, you know, Pavel Zaka, could, Charlie could, Coyle, yeah, he could get up to second line, uh, second line center uh, minutes. Mm-hmm. I, he probably will start on that third line to begin with. But Morgan Geeky was a player that was a, a player that I looked at a lot in Seattle last year when he was on when he was on the roster and playing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a different look for Boston. Like they still have David Pastrnak, yes. they still have Brad for Marchand, yep. they got Jake DeBrusque, they still have Charlie McAvoy, who yeah, mm-hmm. the uh, peripheral stats might be underwhelming, but still a stud on the blue line. But it's going to be different. Where do they fall in the standings? Where do the fantasy points add up? Mm -hmm. I think David Pashanek is still a first-round pick. Uh, Brad Marchand is still up there as well. Maybe not a first-round pick, but at least top four, top five when he's on his game. But Mm -hmm. yeah, when you look at those guys that the Bruins just brought in to fill in those other positions that uh, Bergeron and Kretschee have left open, potentially, Mm -hmm. uh, there's some fantasy value to be had with a guy like Morgan Geeky, for sure.
0: That's the guy who I have my eyes on the most, Steele. And maybe we'll leave those takes for some of our fantasy previews because I do, like you said, want to focus on Bergeron. And honestly, everything you just said is exactly how I feel about this player. And I think you know how good a guy is if he's on one of those teams and he's the guy that absolutely buries the team that you love. And I feel like Patrice Bergeron has been right at the (laughs) core of that for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, it's just been so steady. And I think if there is one player, you and I have come on this show quite a bit and we're trying to separate our love for what a player can do on the ice and what it means for their team success and what it means for your fantasy team success. And very, you know, infrequently, is there a player like Patrice Bergeron who I think is equally as important? Sometimes you have to separate the fantasy value for what they bring on the ice or vice versa. And he continued to bring it all over the course of his career. You mentioned the postseason. How about this? 128 points, 50 goals, 78 assists in 170 games. And while we're just showing this man his love and giving him his flowers, which he is so deserved, and he is a shoe-in. First ballot Hall of Famer. And, you know, you and I will probably be still on the show talking about it because I don't (laughs) think it's going to take very long for him to get in there still. That cup run that they did in 2011, how about the man was also winning his draws over 60%. Yeah. One of the main reasons the Bruins were so good for so long was puck possession, and that just speaks to his quality. I was on here yesterday, though, Steele, saying, if he comes back next year, you know, I mean, this year, and now it's not, Yeah, I was still looking at him as a very, very relevant fantasy piece, as someone who, you know, look, I hate that he buried the leaf so much but if you can't give the man his credit as just a stand-up act on and off the ice you have to give your head a shake and i want to leave it at this for you quote from patrice bergeron when i was 12 years old a teacher asked me in class to write about our dreams for me my dream was clear at 12 years old to become a professional hockey player and now it's time for him to step away steel and he says he's probably a little naive to think he was going to do it i don't think he was because he had all the makings of an absolute gem But the question remains, and you and I were wrong last year, and I'm going to turn it right back over to you for this take, and we'll head on to our draft rewind and all that. What does this mean for the Boston Bruins? Because Linus Hallmark and Jeremy Swayman are arguably still the best tandem going into next season, but we know this, don't we? Linus Hallmark is not going to put up the numbers that he did this year. There's more age on that core. Now Patrice Bergeron is out and Pavel Zaka and Charlie Coyle have to be your two guys up the middle. I'm saying this team needs to really rely on their goaltending and their back end to make that postseason again. They're not going to replicate the success they had last year. And I'm not just saying that because of the historically good one. They're Mm going to struggle at times this year, I think. Also, that Atlantic division has gotten a
1: lot better. It has gotten a lot better, and I think they will struggle as well. They they are the big, bad Bruins, and they've been the big, bad Bruins for so long now. But when you consider what they've lost just this offseason, they Mm -hmm. lose Tyler Pertuzzi, they lose Dimitri Orlov. I know they only got them at the trade deadline, but they were stellar in the postseason. They were stellar when they got them at the trade deadline. Yes, sir. Uh, They lose Bergeron, potentially uh, losing uh, David Cratchy as well. Mm -hmm. So their defense has gotten a little bit, uh, you know, it's gone down a little bit in skill level. Their forward group has gone down a little bit in skill mm. level. They brought back Milan Lucic, who's Kevin been Shattenkirk older. now. Kevin Shattenkirk. So, a couple of veterans, <laughs> slow veterans at that. Ooh. So, yep. they still have a couple of talented players. But again, Morgan Geeky is pretty much the only one that I'm facilitating that has been acquired this offseason mm. that could bring some fantasy value as a young player. So, mm. again, got David Paschenek, they've got Jake DeBrusque, Brad Marchand, Charlie McAvoy. Yeah. They've got some great players, but. That division is probably the toughest division. The, East, the Eastern Conference in whole is very tough, but yeah. what the Ottawa Senators have been able to do, Detroit getting Alex to bring it now, uh, Buffalo mm-hmm. just continuing to get better and better. Thank you. Thank you. Montreal is the only team at the bottom. Of, even Montreal has got some young, talented players. Mm-hmm. If they can find mm-hmm. a goaltender, then they could be even consideration as well. But the Atlantic division is the toughest division moving into next season. And I have no, no doubt in my mind that that's correct.
0: Yeah, and the East just in general is stacked up, and that means they're going to have to be on that wildcard bubble perhaps. Hey, you and I said this last year, and we were proven very (laughs) wrong. Way wrong. But listen, this is what happens. You and I don't cover one team. We cover every single team in the NHL and have to throw out predictions on every single one. So sometimes we might fall a bit short, but the other thing (laughs) I wanted to mention, James Van Riemsdyk, and you mentioned the stud players, David Pasternak is an elite player. First round fantasy pick. And anyone getting a piece of action with him, whether it's Brad Marchand or also they brought in JVR. So if maybe they want to spread out some of that talent and bump Marchand down, bring up JVR to play with Pasternak, I'm really starting to like some of these peripheral angles. But also, lastly, we're going to get to our rewind. We're going to get to it all. They got a whole lot slower. James Van Riemsdyk, Milan Lucic, Kevin Shattenkirk, The rest of that division got faster and younger for the most part. You know, uh, the Leafs, okay, maybe they didn't. But you know what this game is played like, Steel. It's high pace. It's high octane. Let's see what happens with those big, bad Bruins because they have been also very good at putting us both to shame where there is no shame is taking your bets to FanDuel to make those wagers on MLB. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting on the MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to 2000 bucks. That's right, just 20 bucks down and you'll land 200 in bonus bets win or lose. That is 200 you can be spending on everything from the money line to the total to who you think cranks that first dinger. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, you know you're getting that instant payout with FanDuel. There's no better place to bet on the MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to 200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball.
1: And thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Mm. Please hit that subscribe, hit the follow button, leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Flip and I appreciate all the love and all that support you show us every single day, especially in the summertime. We're in the off season right now and you're still Mm -hmm. tuning in. We absolutely love that from our listeners out there. Again, keep your eyes and ears peeled the details of our fan listener league that will be dropping later in august mid-august mm-hmm. probably will finalize mm-hmm. those details Love uh it. but thank you so much for tuning in every single day we'll continue our draft we re- rewind from 2022 into the second round sir kyle, starting with kyle connor of the winnipeg jets yeah. uh coming in at 24th overall the last pick in the second round of our fantasy league and I'll, I'll, I actually want to throw this over to you because I know you're 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 very keen on Cole Perfetti. You like some of their yes, other guys as well. I, am. I know Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley are still on the mm-hmm. trade block, could potentially mm-hmm. be moved. So how do you feel about Kyle Connor going 24th in the second round? Where do you think he should go next year?
0: Man, this is one of those tricky ones. And I think we alluded to the fact that, you know, the first round is the first round. And I don't think we need to rehash. You know, you made a good point to me off air. Uh, the first you know 15 players are probably for the most part interchangeable depending on your format yeah but this second round got interesting steel and i think another angle we always talk about is what happened the year before Mm -hmm. and what did kyle connor put up 93 points Mm -hmm. almost 50 goals 47 of them to be accurate and hey are the peripherals obviously leaving a lot to be desired of course But from the pure fantasy offensive standpoint, I actually don't hate him in this position. This year, I'm saying he has to slide a bit. Some of that unpredictability of what we're expecting in Winnipeg. You mentioned those, you know, Shifley. It feels like this is what's going to happen, Steele. Shifley's going to stick around for most of the year. Hellebuck, maybe the whole year, but maybe they try and get value out of them by playing a good start. There is a lot to still like, though, in that mix in Winnipeg. Ehlers, Perfetti. Nita Niederreiter even down that lineup a little bit so I think there's still value there but let me bring it all back to Kyle Connor last year 31 goals 49 assists 80 points don't come around a ton Steel. yeah so I don't think he slides that much because I think his offensive ability with all those young players that are still there and yes I'm gonna stop talking he slides but I don't think he slides that much maybe fifth round I'm okay with Kyle Connor fifth sixth
1: uh, yeah I, th- I think sixth might be a little bit too far for a guy like okay. Kyle Connor but I agree with you I think he this definitely is why slides- I need you
0: back pal. This i think he I definitely
1: you. slides down the, the 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 draft board here mm-hmm. uh like you said 93 points two seasons ago for me I believe that's actually his peak and I, oh, I yeah Ky- yeah Kyle Connor is an excellent player but 93 mm-hmm. points is his peak that's that's the most amount he's going to get um and again Winnipeg is just a bit of a mystery it's a bit of a yes. question mark about yes. where this team is what this team will look like next mm-hmm. season. Um, so I wouldn't go as far as the sixth round, but I okay. think early fourth, even maybe even late third round, this guy, like you said, he's he's a, mm. con- a consistent 30 yeah. goal scorer in the league. Yep. Um, he's still yep. playing with some elite players and yep. 80 points. It's hard to come by. And I think he can still put up 80, 85 points. I just think there. 93 was his peak. There. So you know yep. what? If he slides down to the fifth, I'm okay with that too. But I think it. the sixth, if you get him at the six, that's an absolute steal, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and I think really it's the caveat that you mentioned. I Again, what did we say last year after all the Paul Maurice drama and yeah. Leon off-ice issues? Obviously, something isn't fully smelling right in Winnipeg. Um, <laughs> so that's really hard for us to put our finger on from a fantasy yep. side of things. But I agree with you. Thank you for reining me in. Cole Perfetti, Gabe Velardi, Nick is Healthy. Kyle Connor, even like, you know, Shifley goes, Vlad Nemesikov's a bust. Adam Lowry can slot up. Alex Iafalo can slot up. Nino Niederreiter mm-hmm. can slot up all over that lineup. I think this team, you know, they brought in Rasmus Kupari. Very interesting name. They have some bottom, you know, Sixers that I like that I just mentioned. Josh Morrissey, Neil Pionk. There's some offense here, still.
1: That yeah, That's actually team, the thing, too, is that I yeah. think Josh Morrissey might have peaked last season. Well, he went from oh, 37 sure. points to 73, sure. so... I yeah. think that has some factor to play in it as well. Sorry, continue. Yep. sorry to continue. No,
0: no, it's th- this is exactly what I'm saying. So I think you can still expect fantasy value and offensive punch. It's just what happens if you draft Kyle Connor and his middleman, Mark Shifley, becomes Vlad Nemestikov. Or, you know, I don't know. They slide in Gabe Velarde, who is a natural center. All of a sudden, you're not so happy that you took him in that third or fourth round. But he clearly can bring it. And at the end of the day, what you want to say about the Winnipeg Jets is Connor Hellebuck stays there. He's still a top goalie. Mark Shifley stays there. They still have a pretty good top six with some offensive punch. Just a lot of who is what, what ifs, and who could be. <laughs> Let's keep our eyes peeled. I keep saying that. Everyone's probably like, man, we need steel back <laughs> so bad. Because all flips said over the last three episodes, just keep your eyes peeled. But still, it's July 26th. We have it's to just be kind of waiting and seeing. You know what I'm saying? Because training camps are going to open line rushes are going to matter chemistry and injuries and we'll break that all down but for now let's keep our eyes peeled and let's head over to your boy artemi panarin
1: artemi panarin coming in at 23rd overall he is my boy the bread man Mm -hmm. i absolutely love Mm -hmm. this but i always try to draft him if, if if possible why not um i like this player a lot you know you get a lot of your fantasy points from goal scoring and that's not Typically his game, he can rifle the puck, but Mm. you know, he's, he has scored 30 goals three times in their career, but lately, Mm. you know, 17 goals back in COVID season, 22 the year prior, and then 29 last year. So he is getting the goals up actually over the last few seasons, went from 96 points to 92 points. So he's on a Mm. 90 point streak right now. The thing that again, with a lot of players uh, that have this skill level are those peripheral stats. There's no hits, there's no blocks. He's barely getting over 200 shots. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, you get a lot of you know alongside Mika zabinajad He gets a ton of his points on the power play, uh, right. and a lot of those are assists. So, you know, there there's a lot to love from our Terry Panera. And Again, the peripheral stats fall off a little bit. I mm-hmm. I think second round is maybe a little high, but I I still think he's like a mid to late third round, early fourth round player. Yeah, uh, he's he's got tremendous skill, and he's playing with so many talented players in New York.
0: The offensive side is where you take this player 23rd overall in the draft after the year before that he had of 96 96. points. I don't hate it. Uh, Do I think maybe in other formats, you could have probably let him slide and get someone who fills in the peripherals a little bit. Yeah, maybe, but also when you look at you just missed out. So the pick we're going to talk about next is David Pasternak. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like I do. uh maybe get a little bit man there's some interesting names on this board that we're going to have to get to for the rest of this round but <laughs> I'll just leave it at this. Blake Wheeler being added into the mix in, Chico- uh, in Chicago yeah. in New York is something that I'm intrigued by because if he does stay on that second line seal which makes a whole lot of sense to me with Vincent Trocheck and Blake Wheeler they might be able to free up a whole ton of space for this guy to just feed them the puck in front of the net. I think 90 points is very much accurate oh, yes. in terms of what I expect for the Breadman. Again, I guess it just really be wary of when you take a guy who's so offensively loaded, make sure your next pick, or maybe the previous one mm-hmm. had someone who filled out those categories a little bit more. I've been at fault of that, but Breadman is going to bring that heat. And we know the Rangers are going to be right there in the mix deal.
1: They will be right there. And he's, he's always been a pass first mentality mentality type of player. So that's where the shots drop off a little bit. He's always trying to find those teammates, but still very skilled, just like this next player. And this one's going to be very quick for us. Mm -hmm. He goes 22nd overall, David Paschenak from the Boston Bruins. Um, he's a top five fantasy player. He's not five, he's not four, but he is number three right behind Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, in my opinion. So even with the departure of Patrice Bergeron, uh, mm. and you know, some other acquisitions that the, the Bruins have made this offseason, mm-hmm. I think David Pasternak can can clearly carry the offense alongside Brad Marchand. He's just that skilled. He's so versatile. Great speed, great edge work, great mm. release. Mm. Uh, you just never know where he's going to put the puck because he can find any corner if there's an opening. So for me, he's a first-round draft pick, and he's yep. at least in the top five.
0: He's definitely a first-round draft pick still. I guess I'm just, you know, you brought up the exact point that Patrice Bergeron just means so much to this squad. Mm-hmm. The confidence, the balance, you know, he detracts some of those top defenders to him. The puck is in the offensive zone for them and the possession is there because of how good he was on the draws. I think David Pasternak's offensive skills are pretty much good enough to negate most of those. But is he going to take here, you and I again with these over-unders, I'll throw this out to you. I still think I'm comfortable in that 95 to triple digit point range for Pasternak hundred. I think is where I'd predict 113 though. I really don't see it steal because I think there's going to be some growing pains in Boston, at least over those first few weeks, because if it is Pavel Zaka in there, they're just not going to have the puck nearly as much. So do I think 61 goals is something that is totally out of his realm? No, because he's nasty, but next season, I'm going to say 45 to 50, and I'm going to say 95 to 100 points. Still a first-round pick, in my opinion, because also, let's not forget, he was able to bring it when Bergeron was out of the lineup in the past, and he basically was able to fit right in on that top line and just snipe regardless of who he was playing with. I think you're on mute Sorry, I was is. muted there for a little bit. Hey, there I am. There hey, I he's am. Rusty. I muted. He's rusty. Well, I, I, think
1: you, I think you make a good point there because – Again, he was the he was the goal scorer. He was the guy that Bergeron was feeding the entire mm. time. Now mm-hmm. he's going to have to be a little bit more of a passer, a facilitator for this team. So Great the point. goals drop a little bit, Great but point. that means the assists might go up as well because yep. he's passing just as much more. Perhaps. So I agree, forty-five to fifty is still in the realm. Maybe a hundred, a 103 points for David mm-hmm. Pasternak. Sure. Ninety-five as well. You know, it could in that realm. But again, he's still a first-round p- player wherever you take him. Uh, you got to take him in mm-hmm. the first round. We got yep. three players left to talk about Victor Hedman, Ilya Sororcan, and of course, our boy from down south, Matthew Kachuk mm. from the Florida Panthers. What an absolute stud he is! His brother just got married. Did you see that Brady Kachuk just got I, married the other day? And I, I did. You could have a whole entire roster from the lineup that he invited. I did. His guest list.
0: Yes, the table settings at Brady Kachuk's <laughs> wedding were very, very interesting. Also, respect that he brought in like even guys like Alex Debrinkat, who are now former teammates. Yeah, that would have been one of those steel that I think you <laughs> and I made have had to maybe wedding crash. You know, hey. I put maple syrup in my hair slick. I know all about it, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Sh- shout out to Brady Kachuk. And you know what? Actually, if you're okay, I want to kind of keep this Victor Hedman conversation very short because, you know, we have a lot to say about Sorority and Kachuk.
1: Yeah, let's keep it very short. Then where, where do you think about Victor Hedman at mm-hmm. uh, heading into next season? Obviously it was a little bit of a down year. Yeah. Uh, surgeons of Mikhail Sergachev had a lot mm-hmm. to do with that, but do you think he can have a little bit of a bounce back season at his age right now?
0: I actually do. I think also last year, he just had a little bit of that mileage catch up to a guy that plays a very, very physical style. He also has over the past four seasons averaged, I think, 24 minutes in ice time Mm -hmm. per game. And that's just the regular season. So if you want to also factor in that the Tampa Bay Lightning have actually been the most successful squad since 2019, he's played steel and hold me down on these numbers, pal. He has played 76 postseason games over the last four years. That's almost a whole extra year of hockey on mm-hmm. a guy who is, and again, me and the numbers, six foot seven and 250 pounds. He still has a lot to offer. This mm-hmm. is a guy that I traded for last year in a down spot, right? You and I talk a lot about buy low, sell high. I bought pretty low on Victor Henbin, and I think Steel you're going to see a little bit of a resurgence from him because also we know that his quality is there 49 points in 76 games, not this 85. He put up the year before, yeah. but to bring it back to this draft, if I'm looking at him, 85 points the year before 36 pins, 129 blocks, almost hundred hits. I actually don't hate him at the back end of the second round, maybe a little early, but third round after last the season before I'm okay with it this season. Obviously he drops, tampa bay's losing some pieces maybe losing some gusto in that atlantic division here's my projection steel i don't want to sleep too far on victor hedman because he does bring those peripherals say what you will about his ability to come with 85 points 50 55 very in the realm he'll be over 100 blocks he'll be near 100 hits he's a little bit chippy with those pims 42 last year here's my take fifth sixth round I'm still taking Victor Hedman because after that there's not many guys who still fill out the categories like him
1: I'm very glad that you said that very happy that you said that he's gonna have a bounce back season because I think so as well and looking at his stats like yeah he's only put up 85 points once he's put up 76 points up once I think in his realm it's more 55 to 65 points that's what Mm. we've seen consistently throughout his career Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I think 65 is definitely reachable for Victor Hedman. Yes, sir. Uh, and like you said, those, those peripheral stats, 95 hits, 136 shots. He still puts the puck on net from the blue line. Obviously the surgeons of Mikhail have this past year yes. had a lot to do with that. And like you said, the mileage as well. Like we saw that with Andre Vasilevsky a little bit in the playoffs. Yes, sir. Bay, he played a lot of hockey over the last four seasons yeah. uh, or the last three seasons. Two so, banners
0: in the rafters will two do that. banners
1: in the rafters. So can't complain too much, but mm-hmm. I think he does have a, a little bit of a bounce back season. I would Beautiful. go as early as the fourth round, uh, sure. fifth round fifth round as well. Cool. Uh, no later than that for me Agreed. because Victor Hedman still has a ton of fantasy value. And, and so do these next two players, Elias Sorokin mm. and Matthew Kachuk. We are going to get to them very, very quickly. But thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Make sure you hit the subscribe, hit the follow button. We appreciate all that support mm-hmm. and all that love you give us every single day in the morning, seven o'clock Monday through Friday. Yes, sir. Make sure you go leave a podcast review on your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate all that support. Yes, sir. And continue with Elias O'Rourke and who's hey. your boy, your yeah. boy, well, Elias O'Rourke. Hey. How are you feeling about it? Look, taking him in the second round? I
0: think I just need to take the words right out of your mouth, you know, and yes, we are starting to invest in this lay, leave the goalies lie kind of approach, because as more, you know, A, B, 1, 2 splits continue to be very prominent in the NHL, maybe you don't want to invest in goalies too early. My mistake was taking another goalie right after. You said it, Steele, yeah, and I yeah. fully agree. Because given how good Sorokin is, and yeah, maybe not the wins because of the Islanders, but I wasn't wrong in taking this guy that high. I was wrong in then following it up with another goalie. Yeah. Because Sorokin, 2.34 goals against, sixth best in the NHL uh nine point two uh point nine two two four goals against third best and tied actually led the league in shutouts deal so yes he is a victim of maybe not getting those wins but when we're talking about the quality of goaltender there are very few guys and perhaps maybe none heading into this season that i like as much as this guy but this is another one of those scenarios deal we have to maybe try and separate what the quality of player is on the ice and what it means to the team success and what it'll mean to your fantasy team success. And mm-hmm. I think I got a little caught up in that, but Hey, it's a learning moment. And I think next year, Sorokin is not going to be, should not be taken outside of the top four rounds because the second that goalies start to go, I'd be fine with him being yeah. the first, second, or
1: even latest third goalie off the board. He has to be at least, at least top four. There's yeah. there's four goalies in the At league. At least, that I'd, the first four goalies should be Connor Hellebuck, not in specific order, but here we go. Igor Shosturkin, like Connor Hellebuck, Andre Vasilevsky, and Elias Sorokin. Those are the first mm. four goalies that should be hopping off mm. the board mm. right there. Followed mm. probably by UC Sorrows of the Nashville Predators. Maybe Jakey Ottinger. Maybe Harry's Jake, Jake Ottinger. Jake Ottinger's top five. You know what? I'll put Jake Ottinger in front of UC. You so So thank you. I, I like that thank as well. You. Those are the top five right, uh, five guys, but Elias Sorokin yep. has to be one of them. He has to be one of the first goalies taken off the board. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be mm-hmm. in the first round. Probably shouldn't be in the second round, but I You're would go as early as the third. I might even, you know, third, mm-hmm. because if you get that, if you, you mm-hmm. know, take a forward in the first, defense in the second, goalie in the third, yep. I don't mind that, but third, fourth round is where Elias Sorokin should be going. I know he's one of the best goalies, but there's just so much more fantasy value in the forwards, in the defensemen out yes. there. So completely agree with you. And um let's not I don't, forget it the was, Islanders, right? They yeah, might the Islanders struggle but, to put up wins. Might struggle, but again, it wasn't a bad pick. It was just taking your second goalie two mm. rounds after. Is where Appreciate you, might you, have, I you. Again, Ilius Rogan, one of the best in the game. So is this guy right now, hey. Matthew Kachuk, coming in at 19th beast. overall. Beast. An absolute beast. Uh, mm. This is, again, this is the same type of situation like David Pasternak. They get taken mm. in the second round. He's a first-round oh. draft pick now. Yes. He should be a first-round draft pick. And he's proven that, you know, he had an unbelievable season with the Calgary Flames gets, you know, says he doesn't want to resign, gets traded, follows that up with a more impressive season with the Florida Panthers. And he's just loving life right now. You know, he obviously uh, doesn't win the Stanley Cup. They get to the Stanley Cup finals and they're not able to secure it. But he has had a wonderful year, probably uh, a wonderful year in Florida, living oh down goodness. south in the sun, playing with uh, playing with Alexander Barkov, Aaron mm-hmm. Ekblad, a few other players. His brother just got married as well. He probably mm-hmm. couldn't be happier right now. A Stanley Cup ring would make him a little bit happier, but uh, yeah, no, me too. An excellent, excellent fantasy hockey player. He has to be going in the first round.
0: And I actually think Steele, this was a bit of a slip on you know my part. <laughs> And others in our league, because also we'll tease to, uh, you know, Marit Sider was taken three points higher, three spots higher than Matthew Kachuk in our draft. I think maybe that's a little bit of my fault for gassing Marit Sider up a little bit too early, (laughs) along with the rest of those Detroit Red Wings. But him being taken at 19th overall this year, especially after what he did the season before was a mistake. And we should have really had our eyes on this in, Maybe that move from Calgary to Florida and all of the madness that Calgary had going on. We didn't really know what the situation was. He wanted out. Maybe that was what scared some GMs off, but 40 goals, 69 assists, 123 penalty minutes, 322 shots steal. And he brings the peripherals a little bit. Yeah. You want to see those come up 68 hits. I think he can bring more body like he did earlier in his career. You don't want to see him blocking shots because that's how important he is. So I'm not even going to bring that up. He is, in my opinion, steal. There's Connor McDavid. There's Leon Dreisaitl. And after that, I actually don't even hate you taking Matthew Kachuk at the third, fourth, fifth, or sixth spot. Because Mm -hmm. after that, I actually think it's a slip. And I would also, right in there after that, and maybe the back end of the first round,
1: I'm actually also fine taking his brother, Brady Kachuk, as well. I've been saying that for a long time now. Brady Kachuk, he might not be getting the points like his brother or some of mm-hmm. those other talented mm-hmm. players, but those peripheral stats—the penalty minutes, the hits, yeah. the blocks—they yeah. all add up. He's a late first-round draft pick, and I actually agree with you. I did say David Pasternak should be third, but I would, you know, David Pasternak, Matthew Kachuk, Austin Matthews, uh, yep. Elias yep. Petterson those okay. guys are interchangeable Woo! right Woo! there. so – Patterson. I like this. I'm I'm very excited. I'm very excited for our, our next fantasy draft. But I agree yeah. with you. I think they're very it's a very close debate with those four guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I agree wholeheartedly with the Brady Kachuk take. I've been saying I you. think I've been saying that for the last few years, that he yeah. is an early second round, maybe potentially first round, probably getting to mm-hmm. a late first round now. So very glad that you brought that up. Matthew Kachuk, though, an absolute stud for the Florida East. Panthers. I would East. like to see him get a little bit uh, more physical, get the hits up like he did early in his career. I don't want to mm-hmm. see those blocks. I do not want to see those yeah, blocks. No. So I agree with you on that. Yeah, I don't um, know either. But yeah, an absolute crazy second round, uh, crazy mm-hmm. second round with these players. I love mm-hmm. this conversation. We're going to have to continue this. Um, and I, I'm very excited for our second, uh, our second time doing our fantasy hockey. Like I said, make sure you're keeping yes, your sir. eyes and your ears peeled for all the details coming in mid August for what's going on with our second season of the fantasy hockey listener league. And thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen. Make sure you're tuning in Monday through Friday, 7 o'clock in the morning, Eastern time. We appreciate all the support out there. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode with Flip and I. Have a great day. Good luck with all your bets out there. And we shall see you back here again tomorrow. Peace.